Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It is episode 141, and we have our guest, Nate Morris, and we are going to be talking about selling in today's digital landscape. Before we do that, I'm going to quickly pay the bills. A lot is going on right now. If you haven't bought my book, Sell a Million, what are you waiting for? Now is the best time ever to buy this book. Over 101 chapters, chock full of ways to get people into your stores and buy-in. And it's good for any business. And I'd love to sh- to thank my friends at Benton Industries of America for sponsoring this show. And we are going to be at the High Point Market. We're going to be in the Crown Mark building. I will be there Friday, Saturday, and probably Sunday till one or two uh, in the afternoon. So come see us. We are on the fourth floor in the Crown Mark building, Bed and Industries of America. Don't miss it. Be there or be square. And I'd love to thank my friends at Ben. <laughs> My friends at Ben Industries of America. I already did that one. My friends at Mattress Industry Network Group. Steve, thank you for your sponsorship. Greg, thank you. We uh, we have a group here that when I started, uh, maybe was seven, six or seven hundred, and now over twenty two hundred, and might be at over twenty three hundred uh, people in this group. This is a great group. It's run by retailers for the benefit of the entire industry. If you want to learn how to build, market, sell, and succeed in the mattress industry today, join this group. It's 100% free and say hi. I'm in and out of the group during the week as anybody who knows me knows I'm very busy, but I love getting into that group and answering people's questions. So join the group today. And without further ado, Nate, welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. No, thank you for being here. Nate is an expert in sales, social media, and anything to do with business. Um, You know, the landscape has changed, and it is a digital landscape. And my my good friend, Jeff Janakovo, is fond of saying, you know, your front door is not your front door anymore. Your front door is your website or and or a social media post. That's where a lot of your customers are going to see you for the first time. And how we present there in that digital landscape is going to have a huge impact on how our business uh, succeeds, especially in an economy that's not especially great. But I do want to give a shout out. I had three dealers in September who had their best month ever. And I'm not going to name them because I haven't asked for permission, but I want all my dealers and all the dealers that watch this show throughout the country to know that there is hope out there. And if you do some of the things right, um, when it comes to the digital landscape, you're going to greatly increase your odds of customers coming in your store having a good experience and buying from you and referring people. Um, so Nate, it's changed. It, it keeps changing. And what would your advice be to a brick and mortar store um, that sells mattresses and you know is trying to increase their um, uh, their profile in the digital world? What would your advice be to them? Yeah. So, I mean, I think even just 
going down that path is going to separate you in this industry, you know? So, um, the biggest part would be, so we have this, I have a framework. Okay. I have a framework and so it's maps. So M A P S and M is for mapping out the buyer's journey. So you want to think of a couple things. So what are the actions that they have to take, right? So they have to go into your store, but they're also probably going to look online. They're probably going to check out uh, other ones. Um, and then what are, what's everything that they have to learn, right? So there's going to learn about different types of mattresses. Do you know, do they want memory foam? What do they, what do they want? Do they want something that, you know, auto heats and cools? Um, and then, so once you have that journey down, then the A is for um, like assess the pain points. So find what are the areas in that journey. Cause you don't want to just be there when they go to your um, profile or, or the post or whatever you're saying, you don't want to just be there and be the guy that's like, Hey, whenever you've picked out which one you want, I'm here for you. Like, obviously you want that to be the case as well, but really it's about how do we connect with the people that are currently in that buyer's journey. And it is considered like a higher ticket item to some people. So that buyer's journey is, you know, they're not walking in and just deciding on what type of gum they're going to get. Right. So um, you want to assess the pain points. And then for Pete, you want to like pinpoint opportunities. So if your competitors in the area, if they're not making you know any content or putting anything out there, um, then that's pretty easy for you. You basically just have to start caring about your market and creating content that helps them through that journey. Um, but you can look at like, okay, what are what are they making? What other like influencers in the market? Um, you know, what are they looking at as they go through this journey? And how can I make sure that um, whatever their stage they're at, my profile is something that uh, resonates with a stage there so we can actually create this uh, this relationship. And that's where so the S comes in. So that's for, um, for strategize. So now that you've mapped out the journey, you have the pain points, you have the, uh, you've pinpointed opportunities that you can uh, go in. Now you can actually strategize and go, okay, how do we, how do we actually make it? If, if we're just talking about the profile, then maybe there's some opt-ins or something on there that's, you know, you could have like a, uh, you know, a mattress, you know, shoppers worksheet or something like that, you know, where you can actually begin the relationship um, with someone that's in the journey. And I know that that's probably like really deep to just give right off of the bat. But summing that up is essentially that you want to be there and helping them through that journey, not just there for when they already know which one they want, because then they'll leave your profile. They'll go to YouTube. They'll go on whatever they're doing throughout the day. They'll, you know, uh, Alexa will hear them, uh, you know, whatever. And so then they're going to be served with content from other people trying to help them through the journey. And I think a lot of businesses just focus on having the right product and saying, you know, it'll, it'll sell itself. But if it's going to sell itself, influencers or someone else is the one that's doing that selling a lot of times. And you want to be able to connect with them at an earlier stage um, in the journey. You don't want to just wait for the leftovers essentially. That'd be the wow. biggest um, kind of thing I wanted to drop here. <laughs> well, I'll, I have to say this, Nate, that is insanely valuable. I want to unpack it just a little bit. And I want to, Go for what you want. Yeah. I want, I want it to, to, to mean a little bit more um, to our store owners. So um, when you're mapping out this buyer's journey, I almost leapfrog to pinpoint opportunities. And so here are your here are your turning points in mattresses. We know this um, study after study. When I was with Serta, we did these studies. I've seen these studies from 
from Sealy, from all kinds of manufacturers over, over the years. So we know this. We know that divorces is a huge uh, is is a huge thing that makes people go out and buy new mattresses. Like a trigger almost. It's a trigger. It is absolutely a trigger. And thank you for saving me, Nate, when I was actually looking for that very word. New home purchases. Again, um, that is a trigger. The other trigger is vacations. And if you're lucky enough to take a vacation every year, guess what? There's a lot of people that don't get to take vacations every year. And a lot of times when people go away for a week or two weeks and they come back to their old mattress that has gradually lost comfort, which has gradually lost support, they realize after sleeping on a decent mattress in a good, better hotel that now they're unhappy with their old mattress. And that's why you see this huge spike in sales um, in the later part of the summer, specifically um, end of July, August, and even continues into September. And one of the things that happens um, is often people who are getting divorced do not announce it to their kids. They often wait and they move in the summer. So the new house thing, the divorce thing, almost gets linked together sometimes. So understand, understanding those triggers is going to help you be a better mattress merchant. And that's part of the buyer's journey, but it's also pinpointing opportunities. So if you're going to be increasing uh, social media posts at any point in the year, start to go after that right before the summer because a lot of things happen in the summer. And if a family's moving, it's very rare that they move during the winter. They're going to move in the summer when the kids aren't in school. So be aware of that. Be aware of vacations and, and you know, use this and then create your strategies around that. So Nate, this is so good because what we really need to do as owners, um, we need to get in there earlier than the competition, right? It's too late. Um, you have no opportunity to shape the conversation in the customer's mind if you're coming in after they have agreed, they look at each other over dinner and they go, honey, I didn't sleep good last night. We need to get a new mattress. Now that conversation probably happens four or five times before they actually move on it. Because we know that roofs leak, that children need braces, and lots of cars break down. Things happen in their lives, and we know for a fact this has been this 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 has been study after study. The average mattress purchase gets put off almost four years from the very first time they say we're going to get a new mattress to the time they actually go out shop and buy one, and so. It's changed and it, it continues to change and it continues to evolve. So understanding uh, their pain points is so huge. Uh, that's why bed in the box became a thing because people didn't want to go to stores anymore because we as an industry in broad strokes, 
Now, I for all of my professionals out there, I love you guys. I admire what you do. But the entire industry is not filled with professional salespeople at the point of retail. If it was, bed in the box never would have happened. Never would have happened. It happened because we gave such a lousy experience to our customers in broad strokes that they would rather buy it unseen and untried without laying down on it than go into a store. So be aware that some of our teammates in our industry have not done as good of a job at being professional as maybe you are and have been. So be aware that customers are dying of thirst in the middle of the ocean, looking for a good experience, shopping for a mattress. I have an idea. Yeah, go ahead, Nate. I have an idea. So um, I did this with uh, some other other businesses and industries. Um, And the idea is that when someone comes in and they're shopping, instead of just going, hey, can I help you look for it? Or whatever, um, you know. Hey, what are you looking for? Once you figure out like what that trigger is, that reason there. Let's say that, like I said earlier, with the worksheet. Let's say that you made variations of the worksheet of like wants, needs, things like that. Um, but you made them for these different triggers, right? So you may not call it, you know, the divorce, you know, mattress worksheet. You might not call it that, right? But if you can have something that's contextually related to the reason that they gave and go, hey, I have something for you, and then go run behind the desk and, and grab that. When they leave, they have a framework of the journey and you're you're encompassing it. So they're working within the framework and you gave them something that's specific for what they have going on that can uh, actually help them through that journey. Plus, in terms of word of mouth of a good experience of showing other people like, hey, this guy had you know, a, a, you know, a leave behind, a takeaway, um, something that I can actually use that can help me through that process. And maybe you have, you know, some coupons or, or whatever you want to put um, at the bottom. Uh, but I don't think that's something that exists. I haven't seen that anywhere else. They're not really treating it um, like, like really respecting the journey. What do you think about something like that? I absolutely love that. So what you're going to do is you're going to start shaping the customer's decision making and it is if if you cannot close a customer and we know that the closing percentage in a sleep shop is anywhere from 20 to 30% depending on what study you believe um and so that leaves 60 to 70 no 70 to 80% that aren't buying and so what Nate is saying here we have a resource that's already pre-done that's aimed at them and, and what their trigger is and basically shaping the decision-making and why your store should be the one that they end up uh, going to. And it, that is huge. If you're in B2B sales, and I know that I get a lot of sales reps my intended market, Nate, was store owners and only store owners. Along the way, I picked up sales pros that work at retail that want sales tips. And I've also picked up a lot of reps that sell to stores. And so this is what I'm going to say to my rep friends. Um, if you get happy when you get a phone call from a buyer saying, we're thinking about replacing blah, 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 and we're calling you to compete 
for that, you get all happy and you shouldn't because you should have been the very first guy that started at the beginning and shaped their buy-in criteria. And that means outreach. That means having enough contact with a prospect that before the idea is even there, you're shaping the conversation and you're letting them know what the possibilities are. And some of those possibilities should include things that only your company can do, which are very few and far between, by the way. It's a very competitive industry, but there are unique things and you should be shaping the buy-in criteria with your buyers early in the conversation. If you're coming in at the end and you're getting that phone call, good luck. You may or may not get it, but if you're early on and you're creating the criteria of how this decision is going to be made with the buyer and you're making it the buyer's idea, chances of you getting that deal have just risen exponentially. So I just wanted to say that. Um, I mean, for them, they they could... I mean, if they're listening to this and they're like, yeah, I see how that impacts the actual store itself, right? You could take an extra few minutes, just make your worksheet, duplicate it, put the store's logo that you're going to, and then give them that. And so then they can see, okay, this guy gave something for us to use to help them early in the journey. Now he's the non-salesy solution and there's a different dynamic there. And that, you know, they all of a sudden are going to view you as like your relationship with them in a completely different way. Yeah, because you're not, you're not a peddler of goods. You are a consultant at that point. Yeah. And they're not probably listening to this. You know, they might not be as advanced. They might just be showing up to work and doing the, doing the steps, you know, and if you're coming in, actually helping them grow their business and do better, like that's way more impactful than just being the supplier, you know? Right. Right. Entering that conversation late is it's it's never good. It's less profitable. Uh, the chances of getting the sale are are decreased. Being early and creating the conversation and owning the conversation and shaping it is always the best way when you're selling B two B. But it also works in uh, in retail. Some of the the best retailers I know of mattresses actually sell electronics and sell appliances and the buy-in cycle shorter on some of those items, especially when you think about TVs and things like that, because people want the newest one, right? And so they're not waiting 10 to 20 years like for a mattress. And when you hijack that customer, they're coming into your store for another item and you're cross-selling between departments. So if they're in the mattress department, you're cross-selling the idea of, hey, go over and look at our TVs or our appliances or our furniture. And you're you're cross-selling from the TV appliance and furniture channel over to the mattress department. That is also a great way to get into the conversation earlier before all the competition uh, comes in. And... uh Relationship should be better too. Like the earlier that you enter into the sales conversation, the relationship that you guys have, because besides business, we're still humans and they're still humans and there is like a relationship going on, you know? And so that's much better if you actually help them make the decision versus you're just there at the end and they can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And if they've already bought something from you, 
they're much more willing to buy something else from you. Yeah. Your recommendations you know, they, they are, are different because they were you were giving recommendations earlier on when they hadn't given you any money. And it's not like you're all of a sudden saying, Hey, spend more money. You know? Yeah. I love your pro I love I love this uh this uh framework that you've created. The other thing that I just want to mention b- before I I go back uh to Nate is if you haven't done this, and I know this is really basic, but for some of you, it's brand new, get a yellow legal pad or a white legal pad. I wish I had one handy. I move all my legal pads out of the way before the show. I've always got four or five going, by the way. Me too. Yeah. And you do that as well? Yeah, it's just uh, even right now in my, in, my, in my desktop, like I have it so all the windows are like minimized and stuff just so I can contextually focus. Otherwise, I'll be like, oh yeah, there's that and I'm jotting notes over here and whatnot. <laughs> like that's the mad scientist brainstorm and, mode. And by the way, if you're younger than me, I'm 63, uh, you're much better off at, at doing this stuff you know, on your computer. I, I, I'm just still old school. There's something about physical. Way. There's something about writing it physically that I think... Um, is not you can't have digital yeah yeah there is and it's especially true when you're early in creating something and you're trying to ingrain it into your mind uh there there is more tangible journal journaling is important and it's not accomplished as effectively typing as handwritten it just burns it into your mind a little bit more um so getting back to that frequently asked questions. So every time, so this is your homework, guys and gals, every time a customer walks in and they ask you a question, every time they call your store and they ask you a question, write it down. Even if you know the answer, write it down. And then what you're going to create on your website and you're going to post it in your social media as well is frequently asked questions. And let me tell you something, even on your Google um uh, profile, you can post these. And I've seen um, businesses do it and do it effectively and create engagement. Creating engagement on that Google profile um, can really help your you as, as a business get more Google juice. So fr- frequently ask questions, even if they're very, very basic. And, and let's just say you've been in this business for 10 plus years. And, and nothing surprises you anymore, okay? But these are new to customers that are, haven't bought a mattress in 10 or 20 years. They might not years. have 10 days into the new world of buying, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, that frequently asked questions really kind of goes into uh, kind of a strategy that, kind of taps right into the pinpoint opportunities and taps into the mapping out the buyer's journey. So Nate, I've been taking, I, I, I love your framework so much. I'm <laughs> completely infatuated with this. Um, Thanks. It, Hopefully it, everybody gets it, value it, out of it. It does. It, it does so many things to help us get clear on how to better serve our customer. What else should we know? Oh man. I like how you added a feedback loop, by the way, just the them giving you it and then that building out the resource. Um, I think that's, I think that's invaluable. Um, man, I mean, there's a million, there's a million things, uh, that they could know. I would say focus on, on trying to create things that are for an identity. So like, why do people sleep in, in certain beds and whatnot? Um, for example, I have the, uh, the eight sleep bed, which, uh, 
you're probably familiar with that where it has like a like water running through it and it's temperature controlled and all of that but there's still like an identity aspect right so people are buying TVs you know pillows beds a lot of times it's just about what's the what's that internal status and so when you recognize that it's that type of person how do you show them that they're in the right place where it's going to make them feel more like that that's huge that's very good and if somebody is watching this Nate and they're saying, you know, I really kind of need to get with it. I, I feel like maybe I'm a little behind the, the times. Like what first steps would you give them? Yeah. So I think just like you said, look at all the profiles that you have. So you have like, you know, Google my business, um, you know, you have LinkedIn, Facebook, all that everywhere that people are searching online and you're popping up. Um, I would make sure that that, all of, you know, probably start with Google My Business, honestly, um, or, you know, Google, and make sure that everything is really, really well optimized and uh, appeals to the people that are showing up and doesn't act like a brochure, but is actually, actually something that's, that's pulling, them, pulling them in. Um, so that could be your website. That could be, you know, everything we're talking about here, all we're basically saying is take that stuff, put it online because it's leverage. It's like an online salesperson. Instead of you standing there and repeating the things that you've been saying forever, you can turn that into leverage and actually put that in there. So they're, they're telling you, they're basically telling you what resonates with them. And so uh, through this process that we're working on, so lead with that on the, on your, uh, you know, these social platforms, because that's, you know, what they're looking for. And then you don't miss out on awesome. opportunities. So yeah, first step is, you know, make sure that you're not missing out on the things that people that are already going past, you know, while you're even watching this. So, when you're talking about Google profiles, that means not skipping any sections. It means putting pictures in there, labeling the pictures. It means responding to comments and questions on any and all platforms. That is a huge piece. And turning of, the chat on because there's an, there's like a relatively new feature for the Google My Business, right? Where they can message you directly. And let's say that you know, they're searching Google and they're going and checking out all the other places and, you know, they chat with somebody else. That's an opportunity for them to get into that buyer's journey with them, where if they're now helping them, they might not even go, you know, into your store, which as we were talking earlier, you know, people are doing less and less. So be responsive, fully optimize everything, turn that chat on, put pictures in, put small videos in, uh, you know, Add in content to your social media channels on a regular basis is important, but just as important is maybe more important is responding to the questions that you get, even if they're dumb questions. You know, what's a dumb question to you? It might be a very important question to a potential customer. And so you want to answer those questions and you want to open the door to more. So, and when, when I say that, I mean, you can answer a question and you can put a period after it, or you can answer a question, put a period after it, and then invite them to have more of a detailed conversation. And you could give them your store number, even though it's already printed on there somewhere and you're saying, hey, they can find it. Say, hey, call me at the store if you have any other questions. Better yet, if you've got a cell phone and you're okay doing this, hey, my personal cell phone is blah, blah, blah. Please call me with any other questions. I'm here to serve you. 
that's opening the door. Um, Guy Danes, let's see what Guy has. In your experience, Nate, what percentage of sales comes via digital? Thank you. Is there anything more to that, Chris? I think I see something underneath, but I can't. I feel like you would actually have a better answer on that. Uh, yeah. Well, it, if you have an overall statistic, guy, it, it, guy, it, it depends on, on the retailer. Um, and it depends on, on the business, but I can tell you this most assuredly, even in, uh, even in, uh, brick and mortar, um, mattress retail, it's changing every day and it is changing to this degree. When I mentioned at the beginning of my show that I had three dealers who had their best months ever, what do you think all three of those dealers have in common? All three of them are digitally savvy. They're, every one of them are putting content out every day. Every one of them, one of those particular retailers taught me Pete, if you want to help your dealers get more Google juice, make sure they respond to questions. And I'm like, I never knew that. Of course I didn't because you know I don't live in that world other than through my dealers. And so I pass that on to you. Um, so all three who had their best month ever in September are going after it and are learning. And I have to tell you something. If you're going to say they're all young guys and young gals, they're not. Just because you're 50, 60, or 70 years old, there's no law that says you can't be on social media, that you can't learn how to be more savvy digitally and how to basically... You're having the same conversations that you have in your store, but you're having them online to some degree. And the idea is this, serve your customer, reach out to them, be there on the platforms where they are. And you don't know until you try. And, you know, one of the things, you know, there was a point where I had all kinds of social media. I've really kind of just narrowed it down to LinkedIn most of my time's on LinkedIn, a little Good. bit of time's on Facebook, and I'm not on anything else because I tried everything except for some of the newer stuff and shame on me, but my business is so good, I really don't need it right now. But It's more of a hobby then. What, it's just fun for you. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Nate. Um, when someone says... All right, I'm new to all this digital stuff and I'm kind of I'm new to social media. Like how do I get started? And you know, like w is there one platform that's better than another platform? Should I start out with one? Should I start out with two? How do you answer those questions, Nate? I know you get those. I do get those a lot. Yeah, and so you know, part of it is we'll, we'll answer it in two facets. So one of them is going to be where are your customers at, right? So if you're uh, working more with, you know, if you're more on the B2B side and you're trying to find the mattress stores, then you might benefit most from going on LinkedIn and learning how to do outreach and actually starting the conversation with, um, you know, the mattress stores and helping them through with resources and things like that. Um, but 
if you're on the consumer side, you know, then that might still be a good route for you because you can target people by specific, um, you know, their title and different things and then have, uh, you know, have things running or creating content that fit like that status, like we were talking about earlier, if you want them to have an identity, but then the second one. So aside from where are they at, right? Cause if they're not on the one that you're using, then, uh, you know, they won't see anything. Um, the other part would be what content do you make the easiest, right? So if you, um, mm-hmm. let's say that you are really good at creating like some creative photos inside of the mattress store or dealing with different, uh, mattress stores or people or something, you know, then like Instagram might be the best one. Um, but if you're like, ah, I hate photos, I'm going to look, um, weird and the vibe just doesn't, uh, you know, work out, then, um, it might be more of like Facebook works for you. And then you're going to find something there. Cause they want to, what you're basically doing is going, Hey, in addition to just what we sell, since other places around you sell it and there's more places, um, you know, selling than ever, um, your competition, sells the same thing as you. So in order for you to differentiate, it's really just building the relationship. So they have to know more about you specifically. And so when you enjoy making it, when you enjoy making content and you, they really like click with that, they want to be around energy with people that are having fun. Right. And they enjoy what they're doing. So if you're like, you know, maybe, maybe you like doing videos on YouTube. And so you just do, you know, this bed versus this bed and you do one every day. And like, that would be interesting on its own, you know? And if you love that, then that's going to be um, you know, something that will actually allow you to push because in the beginning, like you're going to suck at it, whatever you do. But over time, you're going to do better and better and better. And if you enjoy it, it's much easier for you to push through, um, you know, those moments that are hard. Uh, that is so good. I, I do want to unpack a little bit of that. Got a big one here. Oh, we got a big one. I'm going to, okay. I have notes. I'll come back to it. Let it let's go with this Facebook user. I came in a little late and forgive me if the one question isn't relevant. The fact that Chris Stone, my producer who is fabulous, put it up on the screen, it's relevant. I'm going to tell you that right now. I get a lot of sales and acquire many customers on social media by sharing content on my goods and services. I absolutely do not and will never use social media to directly cold call prospective customers. What are your thoughts on those that send connection requests only to then to them receive moderate to relentless sales pitches or inconsistencies or instances to give them a meeting? I think you're really talking about. Uh, I have a great a phenom- answer for this uh, on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, and, and and so I have the best guy on LinkedIn in the country right here, in Nate. And I'm going to let Nate have at this. Uh, I, I doubt there'll be anything for me to add to it, but I have some thoughts too, and I'm sure Nate will share those thoughts. Totally. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah, so this is, this is a big one because when I went into, uh, when I was doing LinkedIn as the full-time business, which was actually a switch around uh, around COVID, um, I ended up starting my own LinkedIn agency. Um and I tried everybody that was out there basically, but it, that's exactly how it felt is like a bunch of people. They'd say like, Hey, like the volume, you know, the number is the strategy of like, you know, it's just a numbers game and you're just going to go pitch everybody. But I actually came from a cold calling world before that. And so when I was doing cold calling, um, I noticed that, uh, if I was just talking to someone and they felt like I was calling them from a list, like there wasn't any genuineness in it, they basically like wouldn't pay attention to what I was saying. 
And so that was a big part for me. So I actually had I hired a team to uh, research all the people individually so that I would uh, actually know things about them. And so when I was reaching out, they could tell that it was genuine and it wasn't just me hitting up this big list and trying to pitch them or trying to book the calls um, just without really mu- not much going on now. And that's why it feels like that. Now, in terms of the pitching part, I hate that because uh, essentially what they're doing is like, we're just building relationships. The whole episode, if you can't tell, is just like, how do we build relationships in a better way than what people are doing by actually paying attention to you know human behavior? But what a lot of people are doing on there is they're just basically walking up to someone and saying, like the first words out of the mouth are like, here's all the reasons that we should get married. And that just is not that good of an approach, right? It doesn't feel good to you. You put the comment on there. Uh, the question in there. Um, and so it's not it's not about that. It should be about them noticing things about you and and what you're doing and then offering to help at some stage early in the buyer's journey. And maybe it's creating a resource that's made just for them, but it's more of a genuine approach with something for them to start the relationship, you know, not just like, hey, here's, you know, buy my buy my stuff even though you don't know me yet. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> that's so, so that's that. If you are a B2B seller and you're using LinkedIn, um, warm up your cold calls. What what Nate just said was do your homework, earn the right to be in front of the customer. And the way you do that is you do your homework and you know about their business and you learn as much about their business as humanly possible before you ever make the very first call. Um I loved what you said, Nate, and I just want to unpack this and really kind of develop it. There's there's two overwhelming, huge uh, thoughts that you had there. And you said it so quickly. I don't want it to get lost on anyone. Have fun. People want to do business with people who have fun. There are uh, enough things in life that are not fun that when you're buying something, if you can make your customer laugh and have fun with you, you're going to make a sale. And I had two opposite sales guys. One was in a high-end store. One was in a lower-end store. And I asked them the same question. What are your secrets to being so successful? And these are sales pros that both have been, were on the floor for over 20 years and they were selling over a million dollars a year, which years ago was a huge number. And they both laughed. And they were opposites. They were very different guys. And they both said the same thing to me. Pete, you nobody can do what I do. And I go, tell me about that. What do you mean? I make my customers laugh. Before my customer leaves, I know everything about them. I know the names of their kids. I know where they live. I know where they go to church. I know everything about them. And you know what? In a lot of cases, they know everything about me. They know where my kids go to school. They know I have kids. We know everything about each other. And he goes, I can't recommend that anybody do that. And I said, yeah, but what you just said is you go deeper than other salespeople, that you care more about this customer because you asked all those questions and they volunteered some of it and they kind of said, it's okay. You can, we can go a little bit deeper because 
you proved yourself to be a trustworthy person and you took some chances in your sales that other people didn't take. And so have fun, be you, and don't be afraid to take a risk. And I'm not talking about taking silly risks, but you can almost never err by going too deep with a customer. And it doesn't even matter what you're selling. Forget about selling a mattress in a retail store, even though that's what we're talking about. Selling anybody anything. If you're having fun and they see that you're having fun and they see that you're genuine and that you care about them, they start having fun. All of a sudden, all those barriers that exist, they start to drop. And that is huge. And so I just wanted to fully develop that thought because I think Nate said it so casually and I know it's important to him. I just wanted to develop that thought a little bit more. And then here's a a big one. You will suck at it. That's a quote. I wrote it down as Nate said it. You will suck at it. And when you first make your... Guys, go to my YouTube channel. You'll see when I was like 300 pounds and my face was this big how bad I sucked at YouTube videos. They're still up on there. Some of them got 25,000 views. So I sucked really, really bad. I suck less now, okay? Understand that no matter what you do, whether it's video, whether it's audio, selling in general, you're going to suck at it at the beginning. And then if you're paying attention and you care about the outcomes for your customer. And that is that they wake up happy and they wake up pain-free because now they have a better mattress system than they had before they met you. Yeah, there's old fat face there. Still a little less of a face now. But that's in a hotel room, guys. That's in Cincinnati and Ohio like 15 years ago when I was working for a completely different company. And that video, I can tell by my hand motions... I was talking about the three three things you have to believe in. And they're your company, yourself, and your product. And if you don't believe in yourself, your company, and your product, you're never going to be successful. If you do believe in those three things, there's no reason you should ever walk away from a sale without getting the sale. And oftentimes, we don't try something because we think we suck. And that is one of the voices that will be in the he- in your head to the di- till, till absolutely the day you die. It's called being a human being. And no matter how good we get, we think we could do better. And that's always true. So whether you really suck or you just suck a little or you suck a lot, get over yourself. And let me tell you this. Store owners that go out and make videos, yes, even videos that suck, are going to get more play. And as you do it, yes, you will get better at it. But the most important thing is that you're out there and that you're trying and you're trying to make something happen. And I just beg you, I absolutely beg you, Nobody can be you better than you. And yes, you will suck. But yes, 
you as the owner should go out there and yes, you should put videos out there in the marketplace and you, over time, you will get better and you will be more genuine and you will not have the nerves that you have today. And what it's going to do is it's going to attract your tribe to you. And there's nothing more powerful than that. So go out there and create content, create as much content as possible. When I said those frequently asked questions, yeah, you can do those as just written, but boy, if you break those out and you do one by one, or maybe even groups of two or three, as long as it's, I think under two minutes, but I'll, I'll defer to Nate on that. You can break those frequently asked questions into little videos. So what say you, I've been hogging all the yeah, air. I'm sorry. The first one, that first part that you gave, actually, the person who's going and, and uncovering things about them, right? About them as a person, not just what they not just what they want. Also, yeah. that person now, let's say, okay, so let's say that you know you have your store and then someone else's store, and that person goes into yours and you learn all about them, they go over to the other one. That guy uh, you know, just does the normal process that everybody else is doing, doesn't take anything down and leave. Now, when they go to, you know, maybe they have some time blocked off for follow-ups, right? What's the follow-up? What are the follow-ups going to look like? That second person is basically going to go, hey, like, have you found a mattress or not? You know, and they're going to just be nudging them along the journey. But the first person can actually be like, hey, like your kids had that game on Saturday. You know, I want to see if they won or not. Maybe you know where they live potentially. And you could like send them something that has to do with it. So you could connect with their life in other areas. And then, you know, in terms of you getting referrals, that's, they're definitely going to refer you out versus somebody else. But yeah, that, that person has way more in their arsenal um, when they leave to actually follow up, which is where most of the sales come from, is from follow up, um, versus the other person isn't actually uncovering at that level. So just want yes. to add that in there. Yeah. You know, that's huge. Nate, this has been a joy and we're running out of time now. It has been um, fun. Is, is there a question that I didn't ask you that you wanted me to ask you? Go ahead and ask. And I already know. Answer. I don't even know. I was just here to have fun, honestly. So Okay, cool. So I know what everyone's thinking here. How do I get a hold of this guy? The, you know, anybody that wants to follow up with Nate after the show and have a conversation, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah, so if you're on LinkedIn, find me there. Um, shoot me a message. Um, you can also just email me at nate at natemorse.com. That could be another option. Um, and on my website, natemorse.com, there is a, if you go to natemorse.com slash gift, there's more resources in there, um, like going through and actually like, how do we get, how do we break down this buyer's journey is actually a resource that I'm putting in right now. Yeah, it's up at that, up at that top. Yeah. So there's different resources in there. Um, I have different articles that go up and, uh, Yes, that'll be, that's a good place for you to go and uh, connect. So, yeah. Yeah. I could say I don't want to give like a million links. So that's the primary places is there's resources that you can like get something going. And then if you have any questions outside of that, um, feel free to shoot me an email or uh, connect or you can book a strategy session right in that uh, little thing on the bottom right. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this late, um, just go to the show notes. There'll be links to get in touch with, with Nate there. Nate, thank you so much and and have a great day and sell a million today. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, this was great to be on. This was fun. Thanks. 
Take care. You too.